sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to a new week and a new month right here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid Network, I am Ben Stevens. I personally am, ba- am glad to be back. After a small bout with the flu, I am back once again. Shout out to the entire crew here on the morning after and Dubs Anderson, Joe Ranieri, and the rest of them for filling in last week. I am glad to be back here on the program once again. And on this Monday morning, we look back on a big weekend in the world of sports. The NFL draft has now come to a conclusion. The NBA playoffs now into the semifinals in both conferences. Major League Baseball continues to tick on in the early going of this Major League Baseball campaign. The first month of the season now in the books as well. So much to get to as we start the month of May here on TMA. Joining us for this opening hour is a man that knows it all. Donnie Wrightside, DRS, is here for the opening hour of TMA to begin this new week to look back on the NBA playoffs in the conference semifinals to look forward to a doubleheader tonight. And then, of course, it would not be a Monday with Donnie unless he gave you some draft thoughts on how the weekend went as well. DRS, thank you so much for joining us here on The Morning After. Armchair quarterback is what we like to do best here. Not only a new week, but a new month here in the month of May. So let's get some nice temperatures here and really get after it, Ben. I like it. We are going to get after it. And we start on this Monday morning, looking back on a Sunday afternoon basketball game in Memphis between the Grizzlies and the Warriors. The two seed in the West, the Memphis Grizzlies, the three seed in the Western Conference, the Golden State Warriors. And what a start it was, the RS to the conference semifinals. The Warriors just barely edging out the Grizzlies at the buzzer, 117-116. John Morant had an opportunity at the end, but great defense from Golden State, not only from Steph Curry on the possession prior, but after that as well, Klay Thompson stepping up in a big way. A 117-116 victory. Golden State wins outright, but Memphis does cover as a two-and-a-half-point home underdog DRS. The Grizz now 8-3 and against the number when booked as a home underdog a one-point victory for golden state donnie but what do you make of the rest of this series yeah big win by golden state that's number one here so they'll be in the command chair here for the rest of the series already taking a game on the opposing team's home court but i have to tell you ben memphis grizzlies aren't going anywhere here and if you're trying to take a look at one of those moments where you say okay how did this game pan out well yeah draymond green ejected in the first half he couldn't take control Mm. of that but i look towards my biggest players ben and being that if i'm gonna have john morant go for 34 points, 10 assists, and 9 rebounds, I'm in good shape the rest of the way because the stage isn't too big for John Morant. And as long as I'm going to get that from my superstar athlete, we lost by one point, no hanging our heads. You need to come back and get game two, but I'm excited for this series to be a six- or seven-game-long series here, Ben. So outside of the outcome, again, Golden State winning by one, Memphis covering as a two, two-and-a-half-point home underdog. The biggest story of the game Draymond Green getting ejected late in the first half for a flagrant two penalty against Brandon Clark of the Memphis Grizzlies. Quickly here, DRS, one of the softest calls you've ever seen? In the playoffs, you can't make that call. Come on now. No, I don't think you could at all because Draymond Green actually ejected for the flagrant two because of a hard slap down to Brandon Clark's 
head. He did hit him, but it wasn't necessarily not a basketball play. A very interesting decision, but Golden State holds on for a huge road win in game number one to take a 1-0 series lead. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of the first of a new month here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Welcome to May. Welcome to a Monday on TMA. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens. The Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors. A great opening game to the conference semifinals in the Western Conference. Golden State holding on for a 117-116 victory over the Grizz. Klay Thompson, a clutch three-pointer to give Golden State the win under 30 seconds left, and they hold on with some good defense on John Morant down the stretch. But you heard DRS mention it. John Morant yesterday, 34 points, 10 assists, and 9 rebounds. A huge game for him. He had a game-high 34 points. His teammate Jaron Jackson Jr. as well, DRS, 33 points, 6 of 9 from 3 for Memphis's stud, and then Jordan Poole on the other side, 31 points, 5 of 10 from deep as well. A total of 222.5 DRS goes way over. Yeah, certainly does. And also, let's take a look at betting this series moving forward. I think you're actually getting value here on the Memphis Grizzlies at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Ben, a plus 410 price to win this series after a one-point loss on their home court. That says value to me at this point because I do think Memphis has a legitimate chance to win. And now you're getting a 4-1 to ticket in your pocket. Donnie, I can't agree with you more. I think that price was very, very surprising to me this morning to see Golden State become that staunch of a favorite based on a one-point win when they were favored to win the basketball game by two and a half points, even on the road against Memphis. Golden State now minus 550 in that series outright price. And as you heard DRS just mention, if you think Memphis has a shot, and I certainly think they do as well, plus 410. The shortest total games market is for six at plus 210 and seven is actually the longest price of them all but I think we're in for a long series here between Memphis and Golden State by the way the Warriors a two-point favorite tomorrow night in game number two in Memphis and Golden State the favorites to win the Western Conference we'll look at that on the other side of the break before going to the east in the opening round game in the 2-3 split over there between the Bucks and the Celtics. Plenty more to come here on a Monday on the morning after on Sports Grid. It's Donnie Wrightside and Ben Stevens. Stay with us right here on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Conference semifinal Sunday in the NBA playoffs. Now looking back on it on a Monday right here to begin a new week on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens alongside Donnie Wrightside for the opening hour of TMA on this Monday. The Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors in game number one. It goes to the road team yesterday in the Grind City. Golden State winning 117-116 over Memphis to take a one nothing series lead the memphis grizzlies cover as a two and a half point home underdog so golden state a one nothing series lead after making pretty quick work in dominant fashion of the denver nuggets in that opening round series drs golden state became the favorite 
in the Western Conference. And that's where the Warriors remain right now. Plus 110, a short price on Golden State, but only 20 cents of difference to the Phoenix Suns at plus 130. The Mavericks, the third best odds. They are a five-point road underdog against Phoenix in game number one of their conference semifinal series that starts tonight. And then Memphis, the longest odds right now in the West at 11 to 1. DRS, very short prices for both Golden State and Phoenix. Only 20 cents of difference. Do you think we see both of those teams in the Western Conference Finals? I still do. I still think they're the two best teams here, but I don't think yeah. the Memphis Grizzlies are going away by any stretch. I think it's going to be very hard for the Golden State Warriors to beat them in five or even six games. I think that does return back to Memphis, but if we're looking at the Western Conference betting here, Ben, Golden State Warriors plus 110 currently right now to win the Western Conference. Then they have the Phoenix Suns here at the FanDuel Sportsbook at a plus 130. I wouldn't be surprised if that flip-flops tonight based on Phoenix and how they play against mm. the Mavericks. If we could take a look at Phoenix, let's just say with a 10-point win tonight, I would not be surprised waking up tomorrow saying, okay, Phoenix is going to be the Western Conference leader in the clubhouse at the FanDuel Sportsbook because to me, Phoenix beating the Dallas Mavericks easier for them to do than the Golden State Warriors beating the Memphis Grizzlies here. We'll see if that changes by tomorrow morning. And Phoenix was the favorite to win the West and the NBA championship entering this postseason around the association. They even flipped to minus money early on in that series against New Orleans before Devin Booker went down. D-Book is now back, and it seems the book has more confidence in the Phoenix Suns as well. So from the West now to the East, the reigning Eastern Conference champions, the reigning NBA title winners, the Milwaukee Bucks certainly looked the part yesterday in game number one of their conference semifinal series in Boston against the Celtics. Milwaukee winning on the road 101-89 outright DRS as a five-point underdog. And the Bucks not used to being booked as a dog. Only 17 times this year in total, only the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns have been booked as an underdog least amount of times or less amount of times than that of the Milwaukee Bucks but no matter for Milwaukee and Giannis yesterday a 12-point victory outright as a five-point underdog in game number one against the Boston Celtics great performance by the Milwaukee Bucks even though it was an ugly performance 101 to 89 what do we like about the performance well hey how about Giannis your superstar on the road in an NBA playoff series going for a triple double but if we brought up the old crystal ball Ben said you know what 24 points for Giannis, 25 points here for Drew Holiday. Nobody else is going to score more than 15 points for your team. You probably thought the Boston Celtics won and won by margin in this game, and they certainly didn't do that. And if you watched all four quarters yesterday, it was clear to me. The Bucs, Ben, were the better basketball team over the Boston Celtics. This wasn't a fluke. This was like, ah, get them next time. I'm genuinely worried here about the Boston Celtics, and quite frankly, if you're going to live by the three and die by the three, they certainly died by the three in game one, shooting 50 times times from behind three-point range you're gonna have to have a better performance here rolling up the game too then oh yeah let's just make our three-point shots big time win by the bucks yesterday just 18 of 50 from deep for the boston celtics jason tatum a team high 21 points but not the most prolific performance we have seen out of jason tatum so far in this postseason and no other boston celtic scored more than 12 points besides the 21 added on from Jason Tatum. They shot just 33% from the field as a team overall. It was their lowest offensive output DRS, those 89 points for Boston, since the end of the month of December. The game goes under a total of 218, six straight unders for the Bucks. by the way. All five games in that series against the Bulls 
hit an under, now six straight under for Milwaukee. A triple-double for Giannis, as you saw there, and as DRS laid out. So a great performance on one side offensively, not the most from the Boston Celtics on the other, and what might be a defensive struggle in this series. Donnie, it always surprised me. When Milwaukee entered this postseason as the favorites to win a very up-in-the-air at the time, it seemed, Eastern Conference, that just because Milwaukee didn't cover in game one at home against the Bulls and they lost game number two, shockingly, as a 10-point home favorite, that they moved so far back in the Eastern Conference odds. We're talking about the same team that won an NBA title just a season ago and was this same team. Yes, Chris Middleton was injured, but they're still the Milwaukee Bucks, and now they are the slight series favorites against the Boston Celtics based on the win on the road yesterday. Now, minus 126 in that outright price. Donnie, how important is it, not just for Milwaukee to take a one nothing series lead, but to have the series in their advantage winning that first game on the road? Massive. And if I do think the Milwaukee Bucks are a better team, now you have home court advantage back in your favor. Remember in the last, what, two yeah. games of the season where the Bucks basically said, Ben, we don't need we don't need any of this seeding stuff. Let's just get to the playoffs healthy and see what happens. We said, hey, Boston Celtics took it serious. Now they have home field or home court advantage because the Milwaukee Bucks technically didn't want that and wanted to try to match up against the Chicago Bulls and the Boston Celtics ended up with the net. So we figured that would be a notch in the win column for Boston. Not the case now. And if you're down 0-1 already, who's the to say this wasn't again a one-point loss like the Memphis Grizzlies hey they can bounce back this was the Boston Celtics really looking for answers here now in game two just to try to be competitive and hope they can win the game here Ben in their own building and Boston will be a four-point favorite tomorrow night in game number two at home 17 23 and one this year for the Celtics booked as a home favorite inside TD Garden Boston has not lost back-to-back -back games or excuse me has only lost back-to-back -back games once since the middle part of January so not an expectation necessarily that Boston will lose tomorrow night in game number two but this series is going to go the distance it seems based on the odds because the series total games market is fascinating as you saw there the shortest option is six games at plus 160 but seven games is only a five cent distinction DRS at plus 165 five games then is it plus 310 so it goes to show that based on the odds six and seven games is what we can expect it was the expectation for this eastern conference semifinal matchup between milwaukee and boston and that should be the case but because of the win yesterday the bucks now the series favorite against the celtics and once again the favorites in the eastern conference at plus 190 ahead of the Miami Heat now, DRS. Does that make sense to you to book Milwaukee as the favorites to win the East once again? I'm not so sure just yet because we still have a long series to go. And if Milwaukee's probably going to win this, they want to try to wrap it up in six. But if you look at the Miami Heat here at the FanDuel Sportsbook at a two-to-one price now to win the Eastern Conference, they get the biggest news of all. Not that Jimmy Butler is going to come back and play tonight, but Joel Embiid is definitely going to be out for games one and two. And we'll see against games three and four because the pathway to victory is probably going to go through the Miami Heat where if they beat the Philadelphia 76ers and the Bucks beat the Boston Celtics, you know, it's home court advantage. It's still the Miami Heat. So a two-to-one one price here I think that the Miami Heat should be booked ahead of the Bucks but quite frankly their series hasn't started yet if we do see tonight the Miami Heat beat the Philadelphia 76ers just like we talked about the Warriors and the Suns I expect the Heat possibly to jump the Bucks by tomorrow morning as the favorites to win the Eastern Conference at the FanDuel Sportsbook the market at times can overreact slightly based on yeah, prices to a one game scenario in the postseason this has been the expectation for Miami 
all postseason long. That holding that number one overall seed and holding home court advantage throughout the entirety of the postseason and being on the other side of the bracket, if you will, away from Boston and Milwaukee and even the Brooklyn Nets before we got started in the Eastern Conference playoffs would favor the Miami Heat. We have seen that play out right now in Miami now, a seven and a half point favorite tonight at home in South Beach in game number one against the Philadelphia 76ers. We break down that game. What will Philly do without Joel Embiid for the first two games of this series? And of course, Phoenix and Dallas as well. Plenty more to come here in the morning after on Sports Grid. Stay right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Conference semifinals and the NBA playoffs continue tonight. A Monday night doubleheader. We preview right here, right now, on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159. All across the SportsGrid network as well. Alongside Donnie Wrightside, I am Ben Stevens. In this opening hour, a full preview of a Monday night doubleheader. Two games of NBA playoff action. And we begin not far away from DRS in the city of brotherly love, or at least we go a little bit further, actually down to South Beach because the Miami Heat, the number one overall seed in the Eastern Conference. I'm getting back in the mix. You know, the flu takes us all yeah. out of commission for a yeah. little bit. But the Heat, a seven and a half point favorite DRS at home in Miami tonight in game number one against the Sixers. And of course, that spread is as big as it is DRS at seven and a half points in favor of Miami. Because no Joel Embiid on the other side for Philadelphia. What do you expect out of game number one for the Sixers without JoJo? I, I got to tell you, not very much here. Because you still should have quality players like James Harden, who will step up tonight. Tyrese Maxey, good young basketball player, he will step up. But behind that, you don't have much. It's not like you're just going to lean on and say, hey, you know, one of our starters is down. Like if the Sixers went into this game and said, hey, you know what? There's no Tobias Harris, Ben, over the first two games. Oh, my goodness, how will the Sixers survive? No, you would lean on James Harden and Joel Embiid. But Joel Embiid is an MVP candidate. We talked about it on the early line with Kevin a little bit today and saying, okay, well, like if Nikola Jokic was down for the Nuggets, if they're done. That's the same feeling that you get for Joel Embiid. And I guess there's a silver lining that says Joel Embiid didn't make the trip to South Beach for games one and two, but there's a chance that he could be ready for games three and four. Sure, that sounds great. But if you're going to punt on two games against a team that's technically better than you already, how are you supposed to win in a seven-game series, ripping off four of the next five? It's probably not going to happen. So a doomsday right. scenario for the Philadelphia 76ers, and I don't expect a lot tonight other than the contrarian view, Ben, the view, Ben, that says, well, what are the Sixers going to do? Why should they show up? And they're still an NBA team getting NBA paychecks. Maybe they play well. Not a lot of high hopes here in Philadelphia for tonight's action. An orbital fracture to Joel Embiid's face and, of course, a mild concussion. It is why he is missing games one and two. There are reports and maybe some optimism that he could be back for the return to the city of brotherly love in, in Philly for games three and four. But that's why the spread is at seven and a half points. Miami 19 and 20 against the number as a home favorite this year, booked as a favorite in all five games against the Atlanta Hawks. No Kyle Lowry on one side for Miami and of course again no Joel Embiid an orbital fracture 
mild concussion. Joel will miss games one and two. And you see that points per game average. It was the best in the NBA this year. The scoring leader in the association, Joel Embiid. And that's what Philly will be without tonight. But as an underdog this year on the road, they have been pretty good, Donnie. 10-6 and six against the number, winning outright in eight of those 10 covers. The Sixers were booked as a favorite, though, in every game, all six, against Toronto in that opening round series. So, DRS, there is an expectation, not surprisingly, that Miami wins game number one tonight. They're laying seven and a half points at home. And thus, if they win game number one tonight, they should really control the outlook of this series. And you can bet that on the FanDuel Sportsbook. For Miami to win game one outright, and the series outright, is minus 160. And look at how the prices vary in this market as compared to anything else that gets in pretty big plus money. So this is another market DRS that if you believe in Miami tonight, you don't want to lay the seven and a half, maybe Philly covers that big margin. You just look at this and find a better price for Miami to control the trajectory of this series. You're right. And also, when you take a look at the lines, right, even though I'm not giving the Philadelphia 76ers a great chance at winning this game, Ben, we still have to remember the spread is seven and a half. It's not 27 and a half. So there's a legitimate chance that the Sixers can still win, even though I don't think they will. It's a great market to look at because if you're looking at tonight, the Sixers, to me, feel like they're punting on the first two games. So if you're looking at that price and you say, I don't want to pay this series price, well, if the Sixers win tonight versus the Heat, there's a lot of doubt that the Heat will actually be able to win this series. Going to hold on now. Sixers just won a game without Joel Embiid, and he's going to come back probably for game three. So if you're looking for a Miami Heat series win, it makes a lot of sense to take them in game one and for the series because you take a lot of the juice away. And quite frankly, if the Heat don't win tonight, I don't think they win this series. So that would be the correct way to approach betting this series for me, Ben. And the Heat, a minus 275 favorite in that series outright price. And it's so interesting to show you those odds we just did for the game one winner and the series outright winner. And then to look at the series total games market because seven games DRS is still the shortest outcome at plus 195, which would lead us to believe that if Joel Embiid is in fact back for games three and four, that Philly makes this a series and it goes the distance. But until JoJo gets back for Philadelphia, of course, they will look to James Harden and Tyrese Maxey. James Harden's points prop tonight, 25 in a hook. Tyrese Maxey, 22 in a half. As we know, DRS, all six games against Toronto, James Harden didn't really come close to going over 25 and a half. He went under in every game. His series high was 22 points against the Raptors. In fact, DRS, he has gone under this number of 25 and a half in 12 straight games. All six against the Raptors in the final six in the regular season as well. Do you think that James Harden, the beard, needs to go over 25 and a half points tonight for Philly to have a shot and maybe cover that seven and a half point spread? I absolutely think so here. Now, if we're taking a look at, at James Harden, what's going to take place? You're expecting more of a usage rate for James Harden. If Joel Embiid's out, mm. there's 30-plus points out there that can go around. Now, if I'm actually looking and saying, do I want to take James Harden to get 25 points or more? Not necessarily, but there is a correlation, and that's in the three-point prop market tonight. James Harden is an over two-and-a-half three-points made at minus 122, which means he's going to have to make three three-point shots to cash that ticket. If we take a look at the Toronto series opening game, he made four of those. Game two, he made one after that four straight games of making at least two three-point shots and why does that factor in 
he's going to shoot more tonight. 12 field goal attempts, 11 field goal attempts in the previous two games. I almost look for that to actually double tonight, Ben. So should he hit his points prop? Yes, but I'm actually a little bit more comfortable that he makes three three-point shots because I do think he might approach double-digit attempts from three-point range, and if he does, certainly he's going to yeah. make at least three of those. And I love the idea of that handicap based on volume for a three-point prop. Max Struess for Miami on the other side, listed as questionable because of a hamstring strain for tonight's game. But if he plays, he shoots the three a ton. He has made at least yeah. three three-pointers in four straight for Miami, and he is averaging 10 three-point attempts in those four games that he had against Atlanta. By the way, all five games for the Heat against the Hawks, hitting an under. Tonight's total relatively low at 208 and a half. So that's what it looks like in the Eastern Conference tonight and part of the semifinals in the East. Now we go to the West. The Phoenix Suns, the number one overall seed against the four seed as well in the Dallas Mavericks. The Suns now a five and a half point home favorite in the Valley tonight with a total that has dropped by a point this morning DRS on FanDuel and over under at 214. Team. The Suns laying five and a half DRS. What's the play tonight? I got to tell you, if I'm going to get Devin Booker, who's no worse for the wear, coming off a game six performance where we weren't even sure he was going to play, Ben, and play over 30 minutes, and I didn't get any reports over the weekend that said, oh, my goodness, he banged it up again, his hamstring, it's a little bit sore, he's going to sit out. If I'm getting 30-plus minutes out of Devin Booker, this is the best team in the NBA when they're healthy, and apparently they are now. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Michael Bridges, Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton, they should be able to win tonight, and I do think they win tonight. So there's no way, Ben, I could approach this game going, you know what? I think Phoenix wins, but Dallas Mavericks keep it close here. That doesn't make any sense. So if I expect them to win by a game tonight, they are going to win by five-plus points. I like it in that direction. Also, the 214.5 to 214, as we're now seeing here at the FanDuel Sportsbook yeah. as a total. If I'm getting healthy Luka Doncic, Ben, and I'm getting healthy Devin Booker, I think there's a little bit of discount there, and I think this game can also go over. But I do think the Phoenix Suns reestablish their dominance in the NBA going, hey, we're healthy, we're here to stay, and let's get after it. The Dallas Mavericks have the highest under percentage in all of the NBA. 61.3% of Dallas's games this year hitting an under. That's 53 games hitting an under in total. However, this total of 214 matches the highest over-under we saw for that opening round series for Dallas against Utah, in which the Mavs were booked as an underdog in four of those six games. And as an underdog this year, Dallas very profitable, 21-15 and 15 against the spread, 15 of those 21 covers coming by the way of an outright victory. But if you agree with DRS, if Phoenix asserts their will again, hey, we're the number one seed, we should be the favorites in the Western Conference ahead of the Golden State Warriors and the favorites to win the NBA championship, well, Phoenix also covered and won in all four of their victories that they had against New Orleans in that opening round series. Might we see some points tonight? Well, maybe not just tonight, but if you think Dallas has a shot, look no further than Luka Doncic. And that's how the FanDuel Sportsbook feels as well. For the series points per game leader, DRS, Luka is a heavy, heavy odds-on minus money favorite at minus yeah. 500 to lead this series in points. There's got to be some value on D-Book, though, right, at plus 410? Yeah, there should be some value there, but also Luka Doncic. If you're just trying to take a look at game one and how it compares to the rest of the series, Luka Doncic's points prop today at the FanDuel Sportsbook, Ben, 30 and a half. And we take a look here, slide mm. it down, and maybe say, okay, where's some of the other players? Uh, Devin Booker, 23 and a half. So right there, almost a seven-point difference there from game one. We're expecting a massive usage rate out of Luka Doncic in the series, and rightfully so. They don't win, Ben, unless he goes off. 
And I would agree with that sentiment. But I'd also keep an eye on Jalen Brunson. A points prop of 19 and a half is blasphemous mm -hmm. to me to book Jalen Brunson with that. He went over in all six games against the Utah Jazz, averaging better than 26 points per game. We'll break that down a little bit later on. And as you can see here, we'll show you right now, the Phoenix Suns, a pretty substantial favorite in this series price, minus two. 95 in the shortest totals games outcome is still seven but for phoenix to win in five that's the shortest in the correct score market at plus 280. now we look back on the nfl draft from the weekend that was in las vegas up next here in the morning app sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com and just like that in Sin City, the NFL draft has come and gone. Thursday night of last week, the first round. Rounds two and three on Friday. And of course, rounds four through seven on Saturday. To wrap up the 2022 NFL draft. And now the rest of the offseason lays out. Where have the future markets moved? We look at some of those biggest moves and some of the biggest teams that won and maybe even lost this past weekend in Las Vegas right here on the morning after on a Monday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. He is Donnie Wrightside. I am Ben Stevens. We have been with you all of this opening hour on a Monday TMA. Now time to look back on the NFL draft in Las Vegas. DRS oftentimes when people go to Vegas for a weekend there are some big winners and some big losers. Let's start with some of the teams in the draft and maybe some of the picks that you like the most, DRS, in round number one that laid out for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, if, if we take a look at winners and losers, and obviously it's hard to it's hard to call anybody in the draft a loser because you don't really know how these draft picks are going to pan out. And, you know, oh, they lost. Why? Because they didn't have a first-round pick or a second-round pick and didn't draft to the third round. Of course, they're going to lose the draft. But if I'm looking from winners, particularly in the first round, and how do I talk about winners here? Did you make your team better in the next season here? I'm not talking about projecting mm -hmm. for the future and where it ranks, you know, three years down the road. Did you make your team better? And if I'm looking right off the bat, I think the New York Jets made their football team better extremely right off the bat here. If you're taking a look at impact players that you're going to get in the first round, they got them. A secondary team yep. here might be a little bit homerish. I thought the Philadelphia Eagles got better. You say, well, hold on, Donnie. Right. They only drafted a giant defensive tackle out for, or excuse me, from the, uh, Georgia Bulldogs. Well, that's fine and good. Yeah. But also, first round draft pick here as a wide receiver, A.J. Brown immediately made your football team better. And also, third team, I thought the New York marketplace did very well. The Giants with their first two picks. Home runs here. Making your team better for 2022 is how I grade the draft here. And those teams did that. And the New York Jets and the New York Giants had plenty of draft capital, especially early on in that first round on Thursday night and they took advantage and then the Jets traded back into that first round to get Jermaine Johnson as well an interesting pick to start off the second round to take Brees Hall the outstanding running back out of Iowa State but they have Michael Carter who was a rookie 
last year. And when you get to that point, you have so many needs like the New York Jets do. You want to draft maybe based on positional value, not necessarily best player on the board, but we'll await and see. A two-headed monster for sure in that young backfield now alongside Zach Wilson looking to take that leap into his second year in the NFL. DRS, I'm not entirely sure how they keep doing it or how the NFL keeps allowing them to do it. Maybe might be the better term. The Baltimore Ravens with an exceptional draft once again. Somehow Kyle Hamilton, the outstanding safety, falls to Baltimore in that first round. And then they get Tyler Linderbaum. And yes, this is a homer pick for Big Ten Ben, but I think he will be the best interior offensive lineman out of this draft class for a very long time. The center from the Iowa Hawkeyes. And I think this makes Baltimore better right now. And I think Baltimore has some value for you in the AFC market and certainly within their own division in the AFC North. As we now look at the future prices based on the NFL draft, having a better sense of what these rosters will look like into the summer months leading into the 2022 NFL campaign. Baltimore's team win total DRS, nine and a half. The over with the heavy juice right there. Their odds to win the division in the AFC North plus 200 the second best price 15 cents behind only of the cleveland browns who are the favorites at plus 185 and then the ravens are 12 to 1 to win the afc right now i think there is some value right there with baltimore that if lamar jackson stays healthy this year they certainly have pieces in place and added to those pieces in the nfl draft i think it's another outstanding draft from the ravens brass and they show it each and every year it seems drs it, it should be easy to draft, and, and I usually say this, and sometimes it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, and sometimes it seems like it's not tongue-in-cheek, where I think if you let the, the fan base draft for your organization, probably 60% of the time, they'll outdraft your own organization who's paid to just mine some of these guys coming into the draft and in the future years. But if you take a look at case in point here, Ben, with the with Baltimore Ravens, do I think they made themselves better for this year? Well, I thought they had a decent draft because you get a high-level safety here, which it seems like they just plug-and-play guys that can dominate in the secondary, and it looks like that's going to work out. You do get a very good offensive line, which you need to rebuild some of that offensive line because they have you know older by attrition and retirement here. I do think they needed to get more weapons around Lamar Jackson. But having said that, here's what you do in the NFL draft. You sit tight at your position. Every single year, there are going to be guys that fall to you. Some teams trade up and use extra draft capital to make sure it happens. But how many times do the teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, Ben, sit there and just say, hey, look at this. We needed a quarterback. We got our choice of every quarterback on the market here. And you draft Kenny Pickett at 20. Case in point there with the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, my goodness. Did you see the Eagles went up and they stole your defensive tackle that you wanted? Yeah, we'll take this bonus prize with the safety out of Notre Dame and everybody will laud that pick. And it's the right way to do business. Sit tight, hold tight to your draft board, and you will win drafts nine out of every 10 years. And that's what the Ravens do, Ben. Certainly, certainly so. Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame, did not have the most yeah. impressive metrics at the Combine. A slower 40 than was expected. But entering that moment in Indianapolis, he was thought to be the best overall prospect in the entire draft. Maybe not the number one overall pick, but what he could do on a football field in that safety position so valuable in the NFL. Look out for the Baltimore Ravens, who struggled in the secondary last year. So to add that piece in Kyle Hamilton, I think makes immediate dividends in Baltimore next year and as we look at that afc north the steelers the longest odds at plus 850 of course 
with Kenny Pickett. Now, seemingly, they're a quarterback of the future, but three teams at the top in Cleveland, Baltimore, and Cincy, all within 35 cents of each other. One of those very competitive divisions in a very competitive conference in the AFC. The Buffalo Bills, I also thought, had a pretty good draft DRS, and they're the pretty substantial odds-on favorites to win the AFC East. You mentioned the New York Jets, an incredible draft, especially in that first round for Joe Douglas and company in New York. An interesting draft DRS for the Patriots, who are there with the second-best odds in the AFC East at plus 400 alongside the Miami Dolphins. The Patriots drafting Cole Strange out of Chattanooga in the first round. Not many people thought he would be taken as a first-round selection. They go with Bailey Zappi in the fourth round, a great quarterback, a record-setter at the FBS level last year for Western Kentucky, but they just have Mac Jones, who they drafted in the first round last year and had a really good rookie season. I don't know if you can question Bill Belichick necessarily at this point. He earns the benefit of the doubt, but it was an interesting draft DRS, in my opinion, for New England, where I don't think they did much for that price of plus 400 in the AFC East. Yeah, 20 years. 20 years have passed here where you look at that New England draft picks, or New England drafts each and every year, and you go, yeah, it makes sense, it makes sense. Why? Because you have Tom Brady. If you whiff on every single wide receiver that you want to draft, doesn't matter you have Tom Brady. If you whiff on every lineman, defensive back, defensive, you know, a lot, anybody, it doesn't matter because yeah. Tom Brady makes that up. And then all of a sudden you see now the draft picks come in, you say to yourself, this team needs play. Hey, Bill. Get some wideouts, get some running backs, and get some. This team needs playmakers. Let me go overdraft an offensive guard in the first round, which in the past, oh, he's a genius. Because why? You would have Tom Brady make up for any draft slates that they might have here. Hey, do you remember how genius it was back in the day for the New England Patriots, Ben, not to spend any money in free agency? Because you had Tom Brady. The minute Brady's gone, they went out and spent like a billion dollars on free agents going, oh, my goodness, this is how the league actually works, where I need playmakers and not the best single football player of all time. Terrible draft for the Patriots, and that's why they have zero shot to win the East this year. And they were trying to get a little bit faster on offense as well. So they go with one of the fastest players in the draft in Tyquan Thornton in the second round out of Baylor. But that even felt like a reach based on where he stands right now on a lot of NFL draft boards. And they might all be outstanding players with long careers in Foxborough. But very interesting right now. And again, to show you how competitive the AFC is going to be as a conference overall... Sure, the Pats and the Dolphins are plus 400, tied for the second-best odds in the AFC East, only behind Buffalo, who is the favorite to win the conference and an odds-on favorite to win this division. But for New England, a playoff team last year to get back to the postseason in the AFC, plus 152 right now, DRS. So a lot of ground to make up in the AFC as things stand currently. So as we move forward here, not only do we look at where the teams stand in the futures market, but how about those Brooks and looking at the offensive rookie of the year in the NFL for the 2022 campaign. It should not be a surprise necessarily that the favorite to win the offensive rookie of the year is a quarterback in Kenny Pickett, the only quarterback drafted in the first two rounds of this NFL draft. But I don't think there's value on Kenny Pickett, DRS, because I don't think he wins Offensive Rookie of the Year at all. No, I don't think he does either. And I'm not so sure he's actually going to be the starting quarterback for the majority of the season next year, which I think will go to Mitchell Trubisky. Now, there's also a way you say, okay, let's just say Kenny Pickett does start. And he doesn't set the world on fire, but the Steelers are very good and make the playoffs. I don't see that happening either year. You just mentioned oh. it. They're plus eight-fifth, the Steelers. 
or plus 850, not to win the Super Bowl, to win their own division. They are so far behind the other three teams out there because we're expecting Baltimore to bounce back, Cleveland to bounce back, depending on Deshaun Watson and how many games he'll be suspended or if he's suspended at all. And then you take a look at, oh, yeah, the team that won the AFC and went to the Super Bowl, pretty good young and upcoming team here in the Cincinnati Bengals. So you don't get that bump like Mac Jones would get like, hey, be a starter on a good team to make the playoffs, and you'll always have a chance at the rookie of the year. I don't think you get any value. I'm with you at 6-1 to one here for Kenny Pickett. Obviously, the wide receivers come into play, Drake London, Trey Burks, and Garrett Wilson. If I'm looking from that perspective, they make more sense to me than Kenny Pickett, who I'm not even sure is going to even start a game in the first seven, eight weeks of the season. Drake London is a very trendy pick right now. Of course, the wide receiver out of USC that won eighth overall to Atlanta at 6-1, to one, a co-favorite price alongside Kenny Pickett. My pick right now is Garrett Wilson at plus 850. Of course, one of those first-round selections for the New York Jets. I think as he gets incorporated in this offense, he will become Zach Wilson's favorite target very quickly. I think we could see a big year for the wide receiver out of Ohio State. On the defensive side of the ball, DRS, it's the edge rushers at the top. No surprise there. Aiden Hutchinson, the favorite, at plus 500 to be the defensive rookie of the year. Followed by Kayvon Thibodeau, only 50 cents behind. And then the number one overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft in Trayvon Walker. Normally, the number one overall pick dominates the conversation at least for a couple minutes in the first round on a Thursday night. It seemed like Trayvon Walker was picked. We're like, oh, great, good stuff, Jacksonville. And then we move past that. And he's not even the favorite number ahead of Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau. An interesting market here for defensive rookie of the year as well, DRS. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and again, you're doing it wrong if you're not betting defensive linemen here, particularly edge rushers, because as a rookie, that's the easiest way to get acclimated into the NFL. You're not worried about schemes. You're not worried about coverages. You know, your coach says, hey, kid, it's one-on-one. Go sack the quarterback. And that's where you're seeing Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Trayvon Walker. Now, the interesting part is, usually you would get right to Aiden Hutchinson, right? But I got to tell you, yeah. Trayvon Walker is so interesting here because if it is true where he's a late riser and you're using his performance in the future based not only what he did in his last year of college but what you anticipate two three four years down the road don't you keep it simple for him and say I'm going to use you on passing downs and your only job here is to worry about sacking the quarterback I think it's interesting that Trayvon Walker here comes up six to one as a price in third place as opposed to Aiden Hutchinson yeah. and Kayvon Thibodeau who play the same positions maybe one of those outsiders but then again should he be an outsider bet at number one overall probably not I don't think so. I would also keep an eye on those cornerbacks and defensive backs. Kyle Hamilton, plus 950. Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley Jr., both at 10-1. to 1. Incredible amounts of talent in the defensive secondary from this 2022 NFL draft. Of course, last year, Michael Parsons won Defensive Rookie of the Year. Jamar Chase, Offensive Rookie of the Year. We round out our number one up next here on the Morning After on Sportsbook. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We end out our number one of the morning after on this Monday right here on Sports Grid with the same thing we started the show with. NBA playoff action in the Western Conference semifinals between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors. Our number one coming to a close here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, who has been joined by Donnie Wrightside for the entirety of this opening hour. But before DRS goes, we need his thoughts 
on your thoughts on the length of the series between the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's find out together and fade the public. So the Dubs get a dub in a road one or in a game one road victory in Memphis yesterday afternoon. Golden State winning 117-116. Memphis did cover though as a two and a half point home favorite. So how many games will the series go between the Warriors and the Grizzlies? Four, a clean sweep, five, six, or seven. And right now, DRS on Twitter at SportsGridTV, this active and ongoing poll for Fade the Public. The winner, nearly 48%, saying six games for the Warriors and the Grizz. DRS, are you fading the public? I'll tell you right now, just in basketball terms, if you're going down on a three-on-0 fast break, take the layup. Don't shoot the three-point shot. Game six here, 48%. The public has this right. If you're looking from a perspective where the Golden State Warriors don't have home court advantage, what's the easiest way to clinch? It's in game six. Mm. It's not game seven on Memphis's court. I like where the public is thinking here. 48%. Yep, you got it right here. The public and the FanDuel Sportsbook in accordance with DRS as well. Six games is the shortest price in the series total games market at plus 210. The second shortest five. The third shortest is actually a sweep at plus 277 games is the longest right now, DRS. Although I think it probably goes seven more than it goes four. Donnie Wright, side one of the co-hosts of the early line each and every weekday morning alongside Kevin Walsh here on the grid and the money line from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern time on Sports Grid Radio. Donnie, as always, thank you very much for your time. Enjoyed it immensely here. Look forward to next week on Monday, Ben. I look forward to it every week, Donnie. More of the morning after. Hour number two is up next.